The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What is going on? I am very grateful at this very moment that of all the bajillions of podcasts, you chose this one to listen to. And I want to talk about happiness but in a way that doesn't feel like more pressure, like one more thing that you have to do right. Even to be 10% happier can sound like more pressure, more expectations, one more thing that you've got to do right. I wanted to approach this subject in a way that I think is more achievable, less scary, like doable, doable. Like this is 1%. You can do 1% with just a little teeny tiny bit of effort And if you can be just 1% happier by week, not even today, I'm going to give you a full seven days to be 1% happier. And if you made that a goal to do that every week in the next year, you would be 50% happier. Like how amazing would that be? And who knows? Some weeks you might even be more than 1%. Again, no pressure, but that would be a major bonus. All right. That's what we're going to do today. Let's do it. At the height of my fitness career, I lived on protein shakes and protein bars, and they made me gassy and bloated and uncomfortable. And the second I stopped eating those and consuming those things, I never had gas again. So I was really afraid to try any other protein powders. On a whim, I recently ordered the chocolate protein powder from Organifi, and lo and behold, not surprisingly, no gas. I don't know if that's an issue for you, but for me it was. Anyways, I want to share with you my favorite protein shake recipe right now. I take a scoop of the chocolate protein powder from Organifi. Then I pour in the remainder of my coffee from the morning that because I never drink my whole cup. I pour in the rest of my coffee into the chocolate. Then I put in a half a banana and two heaping teaspoons of PB2, which is like a powdered peanut butter. Add ice and blend a little bit of water so you get the perfect consistency maybe a stevia or two. And I'm telling you, it is the most delicioso recipe you will ever try. Now, if you already have your favorite protein powder, no problem. But Organifi is the company that I really trust for all of my nutritional needs. Anything that might be missing from my diet. I try to eat a whole foods diet. I try to eat real foods. I try not to eat processed foods. But let's face it, even if you're trying to be as perfect as possible, you're not always going to get in all your nutrients. Organifi is 100% organic. They have a prolific array of products that basically you can mix with water and get whatever nutrients you might be missing from your diet to improve your brain health, your immune system, sleep, you name it. If it's missing in your diet, they've got it. It's 100% organic, and you get 20% off when you go to Organifi. I'm going to spell it for you. It's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com, Organifi.com forward slash Shalene. You use code Shalene, and you're going to get 20% off of everything. Again, it's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Shalene. Use code Shalene for 20% off. You know, it's funny. In the past... When the new year would swing around, I would always make these crazy fitness or physical goals for myself. And even if I achieved them, they didn't always make me 
happier. In fact, in a lot of instances, it, it made me less happy, made me more miserable. And it's funny because you just think like, oh man, if I lose 10 pounds or if I get down to a certain percent body fat, I'm really going to be happy. But we sometimes forget about the journey to achieve certain goals. And I talk about this a lot, like what is it you want to feel, right? And one thing I keep saying, obviously, is I want to feel peace, but not just peace. I want to feel happiness and not to be someone who thinks that to feel happy means that you have to be positive all the time or that you can't feel other emotions. I don't believe that. But I have become more aware of my feelings in the last couple of years. Like I'm more aware of what makes me have an up day or a down day or when I just genuinely feel like I'm going to explode with happiness. I love that feeling. I love that feeling. And I don't have to feel like that all the way, all the time. Like sometimes I really enjoy, like recently, one of my good girlfriends, we were kind of going through this situation And she's a friend who, you know, we've started developing a deeper friendship in the last five years. And we kind of went through, I don't want to say a rocky patch, but like a rough patch where I started to wonder like, okay, is she the kind of friend that I'm going to have in my life for a long time? This is kind of uncharacteristic without giving too many details. Like she just responded in a way that made me begin to question myself have you ever done that where you, you're in a relationship or you meet someone, you really, really like them, and then they do something and you're like, oh, the thing that bums me out about this is that maybe my my radar was off. Like I thought this was like a really great person, a good person. I thought we had the same beliefs, ethics, all those things. And then something happens and it can almost like bum you out and not so much bum you out because of who they are, but almost like you're disappointed in yourself for being wrong with your judgment, like your radar being off, right? So we have one of these moments where I kind of was like disappointed, not disappointed so much in her, but more so disappointed in me. Like, oh, wow, I guess I thought this was going to be something it's not. Anyways, the long and short of the story is she is the person I thought she was. She was just going through a really rough time. I apologized to her. She apologized to me. We had these deep conversations. We kind of explained what it was from each of our past that made us kind of interpret the other person's actions the way that we did. And like, even though it was uncomfortable, it was really enjoyable. Does that make sense? Like, it was rewarding. That's what I mean. It was rewarding to work through that and to come out the other side of it even stronger. And that made me happy. So sometimes happiness isn't like this constant feeling that we need to have. I'm not talking about, again, always being positive or loving the fact that you're going through a difficult time with your partner or your kid or or anyone for that matter. I'm not happy when I'm on my last set of squats in the gym and I'm exhausted because it's hard. But yet I know once I'm finished, I'm going to be happy. Does that make sense? But there are certain things where I know I don't have any control over it. Like there's nothing I can do. Certain family members, certain situations, my lawsuit, things like that. Like there's nothing I can do about those things. I have to live in the present. You know, it is said that if you are depressed and sad, you're living in the past. And if you are anxious and nervous and worried, then you're living in the future. And that the way to truly have peace and happiness is to live in the present. I'm not trying to brag, but I don't live in the future. You know, your girl doesn't worry. I don't worry 
I attribute that in great part to my faith and a belief that I truly do believe that it is a complete waste of time to worry. Why worry about something that may or may not happen? Because worry is uncomfortable. It can even be painful. But the funny thing is, is you can worry about these things that never even freaking happen. So if the thing does happen, then you're torturing yourself twice. And I just don't see the point of it. This happened to me recently. I had a mammogram that came back with some questionable results and I wasn't worried about it at all. I didn't even mention it to Brett. And this is my opinion. What is the point of worrying about it when it could be nothing and it was nothing? So I didn't worry about it. I don't worry about things until I know I do need to worry about them because it doesn't do any good. And that's one way I have learned to protect my happiness. But anyways, my point is this. There's a few things I've been really aware of lately where I'm like, huh, I'm not in a good mood. That's how I assess my happiness. Like, If I generally have lifted spirits and I feel happy, I believe that's my true state. I believe I was born a happy person. I have the good fortune, I call it parent privilege, that I have great parents who didn't mess that up. So that's my natural state. We were all meant to be happy. You were a happy baby. And it was the things that happened to you. It was the environment. It was maybe even the things you learned from your parents. We learn to worry. We learn to be sad. We learn to be a stress case. We learn a lot of these things from our parents. But that means we can also unlearn those things. They're, I don't want to say skills. I guess they're kind of skills. If it's something you learn, then it's a skill, which means you can unlearn it, which means you can learn a new skill, which means you can learn the skill of being happy, which is different from choosing to be happy. We've all heard that phrase before, like, you know, you got to choose to be happy. You can choose to be happy, and that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be happy. I mean, I can choose to be healthy, but that doesn't make me healthy. I can choose to be happy, but that's not going to make me happy. I still have to follow through with the behaviors, the actions, and the habits, and the skills that help me to achieve that feeling or achieve that goal or achieve that physicality. So if my goal is to be happier, for me anyways, now listen, I'm not an expert at this. I'm just going to tell you what I'm doing for me. I want to be just a little bit happier, even just 1% each week. To do this, I'm going to focus and I'm going to ask you to focus solely on the things that are within your control and solely on your own behaviors and actions and habits. Of course, we could go like much deeper and I could easily make this a much deeper thing and I always have a tendency to do that. I think you guys know because you've listened to more, if you've listened to more than one episode, you know you need to sort through your past. You've got to get through your past to get past your past, to live in the present. I hope that's kind of understood. These are little things. These aren't things that are going to, you know, rock your world or turn everything upside down or make you face your past. We're talking about like little things that you do, that you do, that you do or don't do that impact your mood. Here's how this started for me. The other day I was at the gym And a couple things. Number one, I stayed up too late the night before, which meant I slept in the next day, which is, I know, a privilege. I have the luxury of doing that because I don't have like little kids to take care of anymore. I don't have a job I have to get to. I have my business I have to tend to. So I stayed up too late. And because I have a rule for my brain health that if I stay up late, I'm still going to get my seven and a half hours. So that meant I slept in much later. That meant that my whole day started several hours later, which meant that because my team 
and they're wonderful about doing this. They know like no work-related things before 11 a.m. Well, if I sleep in several hours, well, then those work-related contacts, those work-related texts and emails and, and requests start coming in much earlier. But I still try to maintain on that day my regular schedule. I still try to go through my push journal, listen to a devotional, listen to an audiobook, hit my workout. Like these are the things that I've prioritized for my own mental and physical well-being that I take care of in the first part of the day. But because everything had been, you know, kind of moved in terms of my schedule, I started getting all those work requests. And I felt guilty because well, because it was my fault that I slept in. So here I am trying to listen to a devotional or get my workout in, and I'm responding to text messages and emails and requests, etc. And what I'm noticing is that I'm getting angry and I'm getting annoyed and I feel frustrated, distracted. I'm not present during my devotional. I'm barely paying attention as I'm trying to create my to-do list for the day. My workout is twice as long and half as effective because I'm stopping in between sets and writing emails and responding to text messages. I'm like standing in the middle of the gym, like trying to open up a Dropbox file. And, you know, I'm standing there for 15 minutes. <laughs> it's just annoying. And so then I feel like an idiot. And then I feel like, oh, this workout is a waste of time. And then I'm frustrated with myself. I'm frustrated at people who I shouldn't be frustrated with because it's not their fault. They don't even know. And it put me in a bad mood the entire day. I wasn't happy. And when we're not happy, we're not as friendly to other people. We're not as patient or courteous or kind or nice to our own family members and our friends. We lose our patience. We make poor food choices. It's harder for us to fall asleep. We're distracted. It's incredible how our mood does have a profound trickle-down effect on almost all areas of our life. You know, so being happy isn't just something we do for ourselves. It's something we really can do for other people. We're more open-minded. We're more encouraging. We're more grateful. We're more thankful. We make better decisions. We make better nutritional choices. Like, it's a really big deal to be able to maintain a certain level of happiness, especially if it's something we can control. And that is an example of something I could have controlled. And it got me thinking like, okay, so this is my doing, really. And I could have fixed this. I could have made other arrangements. Even though I stayed up late the night before, I could have let my staff know what had happened and said, I know normally we don't start work until 11, but today Shalene is off the books until 2 p.m. And that's when I realized, uh, you know, not everything can I control, but the things that I can control, I need to give them thought and consideration. I need to be intentional about my behaviors, my habits, and my actions. And in order to do that, I had to give myself enough time to really be curious about what things make me unhappy that I have control over. And that requires self-awareness. So if I asked you to think back on a time when you were a child, when you were just so happy and carefree, and you can think about that, like think about what you were doing and what your life looked like and what made you happy and how carefree you felt, I'll bet you'd have a really hard time. I mean, there's always exceptions, but for most of us, we'd have a really hard time picking one specific thing or one specific day where that changed. It's very gradual. 
Maybe there was a series of events. Maybe it was just over time and experience. Maybe who knows what it was, but over time, your mood, your level of happiness may have changed. It's kind of like eyesight. So if you're over 40, you know what I'm talking about. Like you don't realize that your eyes are getting worse. You just feel like, gosh, the lighting in this restaurant must be like really bad. I can hardly read this menu. This happened recently. Fred and I went out to dinner with friends of ours. And my friend Sean was trying to read the menu and he pulled out his phone and he's like looking at it with the flashlight from his phone to be able to read the small print on the menu a little easier. Well, he's 45 and and Brett notices him doing that and he hands him his readers and said, try these. And my friend Sean puts the glasses on. He's like, what in the world? Like I literally posted this to my Instagram feed because I captured the moment. I knew the second he put on those readers, I knew he would see what it was he was missing. He would see what it was he had before. Our hearing, our vision, and sometimes our happiness is something that slowly changes over time. And we don't even realize sometimes how much things have changed until we have a new perspective. I feel a little bit guilty saying this, but I I need to say this for those of you who maybe are in a similar situation. I didn't realize how stressful and how hard our lives were when Bob was living with us. I didn't even realize how heavy it was, how hard it was, and the impact that I felt 24-7. I didn't realize it until the decision was made by the family that he needed to be someplace other than in our home. And I didn't understand the toll it was taking on our marriage, on our happiness, on our physical health, on our environment. Like I just, you just suck it up and deal with it. And I think a lot of us, we do that. I think back on what it was like when our kids were really, really little. And I'm saying this for those of you who are young moms. I didn't realize how hard it was until sometimes when I see other young parents and I'm like, oh yeah, that was really hard but it does get better. And you can still make the best of it while you're in it by making subtle changes, the little things you can control. Like certain things, again, you can't control. There's nothing you can do about it. You just have to make the best of it while you're in it. But my point is this. Sometimes it's so subtle, you don't even realize the shift has happened until such time that you really do an in-depth personal evaluation and assessment an honest assessment of where you are and where you were and where you want to be. So to be 1%, just 1% happier each week, I had to start by looking at and taking the time to sit down and really think through moments, times when I felt that, like that level of unhappiness and it was something that I could control. And I started by like thinking back and I want you to do the same thing. Think back on the last couple of weeks when you got in a bad mood or you felt unhappy. Okay, so in some of those situations, it may have been something you couldn't control. But I want you to be honest with yourself and identify examples of when you felt that way where you could have done something differently. Like it had something to do with either something you were doing or weren't doing that was either habit or you had some level of control. I could have gone to bed earlier, which would have allowed me to wake up earlier, which would have allowed me to stay on my routine. Or I could have slept in as I did and just adjusted my schedule with my team 
So the very first exercise that I want you to go through is to make a list of things that you do or have done that impact your happiness in a negative way. They have a negative impact on your mood, a negative impact on how you feel about things, a negative impact on how you even feel about yourself. And it's something you can control. It's a skill that you can work on. So first identify the things that you're doing that are not good or that you'd like to change or that you you know you've got some level of control. These are things that you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. You recognize that you're doing it. You recognize that it has a negative impact, okay? That's step one. So you can put me on pause and do that. Step two, I'm sure you probably already figured out, is to identify those little things that are realistic, little things that make you feel good. When I do this, I feel good. When this happens, I'm happy. Remember, you've got to focus only on those things you have control over. Example, I feel great when I wake up really early and I get my workout done. Recently, I've been lax in that habit. And here's what I mean. Like I'll wake up and I'll realize that we're in the middle of a launch or that one of our team members who's on the East Coast sends me a text early in the morning and they need something. And I'm trying to respect the fact that they're going to be done earlier than me. So I want to send them that information now. And so I'm interrupting my own patterns and habits and it's impacting my happiness. And so that's something that I'm doing. And I, I, in that particular instance, I have control over it. So that's step one. Step two is to make a list of the little things that you do or can do that when you do them, they boost your happiness. For me, that means listening to music or an uplifting podcast as opposed to a few of the pop culture podcasts. I I mean, I love listening to pop culture podcasts, but I've noticed that if I listen to one of those while I'm exercising, they tend to sometimes be kind of gossipy and that doesn't make me happier. I don't like necessarily to hear people gossiping about other people, whether they're celebrities or not. And I just notice especially this is true when I'm exercising. When I'm exercising, I want to be lifted. I want to be uplifted. I want to be happy. I want to be motivated. So I've either got to listen to that kind of podcast, that kind of audiobook, or just listen to music. So I've got to stop myself. I've got to catch myself and know what makes me happy when I'm exercising. Painting. This weekend, I pulled out my watercolors. I went to Michael's and I bought a new pad of paper, watercolor paper, and I pulled out my paints And I haven't painted in a couple of years, watercolor-wise. No, gosh, probably even, probably 10 years I haven't painted with watercolors. And I sat down on a Friday night and I painted. And that made me so happy. You can't paint and be in the past or in the future. You have to be in the present. And I realized, okay, this is a simple little activity that I'm going to schedule on a regular basis that makes me happy. If I just painted every week for one hour, that for sure is going to make me 1% happier. For sure. Easily. Maybe even more than that. So here's my goal. I'm going to make a list of the things that don't detract from my happiness so I can maintain my baseline. And then I'm going to make another list of things that just make me happy, but they're realistic. I mean, it makes me happy to go on a girl's trip, but I can't do that every single week. But what I can do is I can leave one of my girlfriends a really long personal, I call them personal podcasts. It's kind of, you know what I do on Fridays, how I record my Friday podcast. I love doing that for my girlfriends and kind of like 
letting them know what's going on in my life and like really going there. And I love getting them back from them. That brings me so much joy. That makes me so happy to listen to one of their messages, like just hearing like truly their thoughts and their feelings and what they're going through. I don't know if you do this with any of your girlfriends or friends or even family members, but this is such a cool thing because here's the deal. When you call someone, which is great, right? But when you get on the phone with somebody and they're telling you like what they're going through and what they're experiencing and what they're thinking about it, there's this expectation that you're going to go back and forth and back and forth. So you don't listen the same way you do like you are right now. Like right now, it's just me. So this is improving your listening skills. You're listening to my inflection. You're thinking about what I'm saying you're processing what I'm saying as opposed to listening just long enough to formulate, to start to formulate what you're going to say in response. And when we do that, we start thinking about like, oh, here's what I'm going to say when this person takes a breath. You stop listening to what they're saying next because you're formulating what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. So when a friend or a family member sends you one of those long voice notes, like just record it on your phone, you guys. It's the coolest thing ever. I'm not talking about like the hold down kind of message. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where you like hold text to talk? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about actually hitting the voice memo app on your iPhone or Android and fully recording a 20-minute dissertation about everything that's going on in your life and what you're feeling and what you're thinking. And you might not have like five friends you can do that with, but I bet you have at least one. You know who would love to get it? like your sister or your brother or a cousin or your mom or your dad, like a family member, like that's the coolest thing ever. Like I love it when I get them from my brother. I love it when I get it from my sister. Those are my favorite messages. I've got a couple of really close friends who I can exchange these back and forth with, Mindy and Kenya and Anne, Jen. Like these messages, they mean the world to me and they make me so happy. So if I can spend more time recording those and going back and forth with my friends, it makes me happy to listen. So that's my objective is each and every week, I'm going to focus on one thing that I can add or make certain that I prioritize. So I don't want this to be like, oh my gosh, by the end of the year, I've added 52 new things that take up all this time. No, this is simply the practice of identifying those things that we're not going to do because they diminish our happiness and prioritizing those things that we're already doing that make us happy or we should be doing or we've done in the past and they make us happy and we just need to make them a regular part of our routine. Listen to me. (laughs) And now I'm going to ask for your accountability for you to help keep me accountable. I want to do this and I don't want to forget that I'm doing this. So I'm writing it on my calendar and every single week I'm going to post about it to my Instagram stories. Those of you who are in the pod squad, my objective is to keep you accountable too. So if you're in the pod squad, as soon as you hear this episode, I would love for you to leave a comment inside the pod squad and tell us the thing that you're going to make sure that you continue to do it and you're going to prioritize doing this. I'm not saying that you have to come up with something brand new. I'm not saying you have to take up roller skating. I mean, that's great if you do. Some weeks you are going to add something new. But more often than not, because we're talking 52 weeks, more often than not, you're just going to prioritize something that slips through the cracks some certain weeks 
But on the weeks that you make sure you do it, it makes you happier. So we're really going to focus on, okay, when I do this, it makes me happy. And I'm going to prioritize doing this every week. Let me know what things within your control, habits, actions, behaviors, that you're going to stop doing because you know it diminishes your happiness. And again, it can be something really small. Maybe it's on the days that you hit snooze, you're not as happy. On the days that you lose your temper with your kids, you're not as happy. On the days that you leave the house in complete disarray, you feel like you're in a bad mood the whole day. Like Just pick out the little teeny tiny things that are within your control. Remember, we're not going to get into the big, deep stuff. We'll leave that to your therapist, which I hope you will do. I hope that you will do that. Man, I don't want to have to go on a tangent right now, but I have just learned over the course of the last two years that those childhood traumas, the things that you're like, I'm past it. I'm through it. I don't have to deal with it. I really don't need to go to therapy for that. I'm fine. Trust me, that stuff is going to come back to haunt you and your family members and your friends. And it's not fair because it's going to trickle down and become everybody's problems. I have learned this the hard way from family members this year. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. I am such a firm believer that when you go to therapy to deal with your past, it's perhaps the greatest gift that you can give your friends and family members in the present. That's a little bit deeper stuff. Of course, you know, our resident psychologist, Dr. Michaela, is always available. You should check her out. She does Zoom appointments, too. She's the bomb. And that's why people fly in from all over the country to treat with her. But she's no nonsense. So if you you really want to address, if you're ready to address your stuff, give her a call, drmichaela.com. Not that she sponsored this episode, but like, you know, I do want to mention the deep stuff. But we're talking about the simple stuff, the habits, the daily actions, the things where we have control and that will improve our mood daily. Just 1% happier, 1% happier. Can you do it? Will you do it? Will it be worth it? Of course it will. And we're going to do it together. You're going to help keep me accountable. I'm going to help you to stay accountable. Jump inside our pod squad if you're not already in there. It's such a fun, fun group. You guys are hysterical. I love it when you guys come for me. I really do. I think it's hysterical when you guys mock me or like when I had my last Friday, I talked about how I had created this egg white bites It tastes exactly like Egg White Bites, my recipe. Go listen to last Friday's episode. If you love Egg White Bites from Starbucks, I swear to you, I've found the perfect replication copycat of that recipe. It's so good. And I loved how you guys went in the pod squad and you gave me all kinds of shit and you went inside the pod squad and you said, do we really think Chalene came up with a recipe? Because y'all know all of my books I've ever written, all of the recipes in them, I didn't come up with those recipes because I actually want people to eat them and like them. So it was either like my husband or Aaron or we hired chefs to create the recipes because your girl loves to put things in a bowl, but she cannot cook. But I'm telling you, these egg white bites, they taste just like Starbucks. Anyways, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, yeah. The pod squad. You guys are very funny and I love you. If you're not already in the group, there's a link in our show notes. Or you can just go on Facebook and you type in Shaleen's pod squad. Or if you follow me on Instagram, you can just hit, you can send me a DM that says pod squad and I'll automatically send you a link to join. That's it. It's free. It's just on Facebook. If you're not on Facebook, I don't know what to tell you. Before I say my closing I love you. I mean it. I want to ask you guys this also in the pod squad. 
I am thinking about phrases to put on like sweatshirts and t-shirts like for swag. But I'm not sure what phrases I say regularly other than love you mean it. Are there other phrases I say regularly? I'm sure I do. So let me know what those are inside the pod squad. I love you. I mean it. If you enjoyed this show, please don't forget to make sure you are subscribed and following along. The Shalene Show is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and most every podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star review and tell us specifically what you enjoyed. We'd love to know. The Shalene Show is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. For Tuesdays and Thursdays, be sure to follow and subscribe to Shalene's other podcast, Build Your Tribe, which she co-hosts with her son, Brock Johnson. It's all about business, social media, and marketing, and devoted to helping you make more money and live more life. Links to anything referenced in today's episode, as well as show sponsors and other podcasts, can be found below in our show notes.